Today, as I've shared before, is an opportunity for us to kind of reflect back on this past year and what God had been doing in the life of this church. And in order to do that, um, I want to just take us back a little bit through this past year and kind of share and highlight some of the things that we experienced together as a church family this past year. For instance, in January of this year, 2022, we started off this year by participating in a service of repentance and restoration. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was a culmination of series of one-on-one conversations and even more than that, group conversations that our lay elders had with many, if not all of you in this body. And so that was a culmination in which we came together as a church family, very unusual, by the way, not very many churches do something like this. And we came together and we, in this time of this service, as elders and pastors, we came forward one at a time and confessed and asked for forgiveness for very specific things that we as leadership may have done and have done that failed this church, that failed you perhaps, and, and seeking your forgiveness in the hopes that we could once again be restored and once again have reconciliation. And then we concluded that service by inviting every one of you to come along with us and to recovenant ourselves into living differently amongst each other. And if you remember, we signed what were River Rock, if you remember that. And we put it out there um, for the time, for temporary, for the time being out in the patio area uh, until we could build something more permanent. Well, this morning, we have something more permanent. And we are going to conclude our time this morning out there dedicating what we call now our covenant stones. And so that's really what we kicked off 2022 with. And so that kind of, in many ways, um, kind of set the tone, if you will, for the remainder of the year, I believe, here at Summit Ridge Community Church. We also, in this past year, um, continued to just worship and, and serve others in the best way we knew how to do so, and in opportunities that we could take advantage of, if you will of being able to go out there and serve other people. And so we did Operation Christmas Child. We did uh, serving our neighbor and taking care of yard work there. We even had um, baptisms. And we had um, partnering with ICS and the single moms and getting to celebrate with them as they made their way through a program of, of getting more education so that they could get jobs and so they could provide for their children. And just being able to celebrate with them. We continue to have kind of, I'm calling this differently now, fun nights at Summit Ridge, right? In which once a month we were taking time out and just gathering as a church family and just having fun. And so we tried some new things and such as Italian night, which apparently that was a really good night. Um, and, and other things that we were, we were, we got to participate in. And not only that, we continued with summit groups and ways in which we could continue to delve deeper into God's word and continue to grow in our relationship with him as well as with each other. And we finally were able to have our own threefold communion service after not having it for the past few years because of COVID. And so that was a very, very special time for us to come together in an evening in which we could once again share in a meal with each other, wash each other's feet, and share in communion with one another. And just once again, a symbolism of this idea of following Jesus' example of serving others 
because that's what Jesus Christ came to do. And so that is kind of, in a nutshell, kind of the things that we experienced this past year here in the life of this body. And it was a great year. It was, in many ways, I hope, kind of a, a, a fun year, kind of a year in which we finally came out of the COVID pandemic that we were finally able to finally come together more fully in ways in which maybe we haven't been able to for the couple of years before that and kind of enjoy each other's company and presence. And hopefully that was a time in which we could look back and say, yeah, that was good. I enjoy being with people. I enjoy being with our people. I enjoyed the time we got the fellowship with one another. And it was a great thing. I also was able to take a sabbatical this year as well. And got back and you all surprised me with a wonderful gift cards and lunch bag and uh, all that kind of wonderful stuff. And so it was just, it was just a, a really good year. And so as we look forward to 2023 and even beyond that, here is the question. What are we to do? What are we to do? As we look forward to the year ahead, what may be God calling us as a church family to do? And by the way, the answer I may share with you today may not be completely accurate. Okay? Let me just let you in on a little secret, church. I'm going to pull the curtain back a little bit. All right? Anytime... And I do mean any time, this is my own personal opinion, a pastor says, the word of the Lord came to me, okay? The word of the Lord came to me. I would be, I would be cautious, not skeptical, but I'm just cautious, okay? So I say that to say this. I had one pastor I worked for, and he was very good about this. He would say this. He said, to the best of my ability and my ability to discern what I believe the scriptures are saying, I think God is saying this. I appreciated the way he shared that because that comes with a lot of humility as well as just an aspect of if I'm wrong, I have an out. <laughs> God, do not smite me. I'm not a prophet. Okay. So what I want to share with you this morning is perhaps a way, it may not be the way, but a, a way that I think that maybe God is calling us as followers, as a church Um, to continue to pursue in 2023 and perhaps even beyond 2023. In fact, I think it does apply even beyond 2023. This may change, okay? This may change. I'm giving myself an out, okay? So bear with me. I'm giving myself uh, room for flexibility. By the way, um, I've discovered more and more about myself, and it was interesting through one of these, I told you about this, I take a lot of personality tests, and one of the tests revealed that um, I love flexibility. I, I am not a board game guy, okay? I played them. I play them if I have to. I played them with my kids because that's what I did as a father. I played shoots and ladders, although that's an easy game. It's an easy out, all that kind of stuff. Monopoly is a killer, okay? Here's why. War. I've never played, not the card game war. What is it? The, the, the big war game, the risk. See, I don't even know the name of it. You all do. God bless you. Um, I don't play those games. Do you know why? Because once I start playing those games, I'm trapped. And I don't like to be trapped. I want an out. I want an out. And so I always look for an out. I'll play euchre. I'll play card games because there's an out. They don't last forever and ever and ever and ever. Okay? I mean, there are some games, I mean, risk, I'm told that you can go days playing risk. That's crazy to me. That's crazy. A game ought to be done the same day you play it. You put it back in the box and you put it away. Okay? I mean, it just, it's like, 
It's like those puzzles that people have on their tables. I've got nothing against people who love putting puzzles together. I mean, seriously, how many pieces do you need? Right? And I'm just kind of ranting right now. I like the big puzzle pieces. Ten. Done. Put it together, take it apart, put it in the box and put it away. Right? I, I get it. There, there, is a, there, is a, there are people who put together like several thousand pieces of puzzles and, and, and then once they're done, they actually glue the picture together and frame it and hang it up. Fine. Great. Not me. That just doesn't, that just doesn't do it for me. I say that to say this. We need to be flexible was what I'm going to share with you. Okay? We need to be flexible. But what I want to share comes out of Galatians chapter 6 in the passage I just read. And I want to set the scene for you here. Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote Galatians to a church that was struggling in their freedom that they have in Jesus Christ. Because there was an influential group of people within that church that was coming to primarily the Gentile believers at this point and saying to these Gentile believers, you are not true followers of Jesus Christ until you have been circumcised. Okay? In other words, in order for you to be a true follower of Jesus Christ, you essentially need to become Jewish before you can become a Christian. That's essentially what this influential group of people were saying. And so in many ways, it was causing these Gentile Christians to once again put themselves, because obviously they, they don't want to in any way disappoint God. They don't in any way make God angry. They don't want in any way to be outside of God's will. And so they were putting themselves intentionally under that yoke, if you will, of circumcision so that they would believe that now that they are circumcised, that they are now true followers of Jesus Christ. And here's the thing, is that Paul calls that out and says that is absolutely foolish nonsense. We have a saying here at Summit Ridge, It's Jesus plus nothing. We haven't said it in a while, apparently. It's Jesus plus nothing. It is not Jesus plus circumcision. It is not Jesus plus, you know, uh, reading from a specific version of a, or translation of a Bible. It is not Jesus plus something that we put on others to follow Jesus Christ. It is Jesus plus nothing. And the Apostle Paul was essentially sharing with these, with these people in this church that, guess what? This legalistic requirement is not good. In fact, it is absolutely destructive to the freedom that we can have in Jesus Christ. But you know what? If we're honest with ourselves, we like legalism. And so Apostle Paul recognized that and said, guess what? Legalism is a form of self-righteousness. Legalism leads to a person who says, because I do this, I am righteous. And naturally, when a person believes that they are righteous because they do this, they might expect other people to do the same thing because that's how you are made right. And oftentimes, what legalism does is it begins to exclude people out of a group, or in this case, out of the church. Maybe you have suffered that yourself, that you have felt excluded When you maybe went to a church, maybe you weren't wearing the right type of clothing and you felt excluded. Maybe you weren't reading from the right version of the scriptures and you may have felt excluded. Maybe you believed a little bit differently about some roles and all that kind of stuff when it comes to theology and some some things that, that maybe might we consider peripheral issues, but to a church that maybe you were in, they considered that absolutely essential. And if you didn't believe that, you were out. 
Maybe you experience the, the idea of this exclusionary factor that oftentimes come from legalism. So the Apostle Paul is writing to this church to reaffirm to them that guess what? You don't need to follow this. You are free. It is Jesus plus nothing. You don't need this. Now, there was also another dynamic that I believe Paul was also trying to address. And I think it is equally guilty in trying to rob us of our freedom in Christ. It's not legalism. In this case, it is, get this, libertinism. You know what that word is? I had to look it up myself. I get it. Libertinism is self-indulgence. It's self-indulgence. It's going the opposite way. It is not legalism. It is absolutely self-indulgence. Doing whatever we want, whenever we want, to whomever we want. And the Apostle Paul writes about this in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 and, and following. It says this, The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so all of a sudden now you have these two polarizing camps, if you will. One is legalism, the other is libertinism, and both are destructive and rob us of our freedom in Jesus Christ. One is self-righteous, the other is self-indulgent. The one is excluding others, the other one is precluding even trying to even follow Jesus Christ at all. That's the scene. That's the scene. In some ways, that is not all that different than, I think, the two camps and the pressures that maybe we even face as Christians today. This idea between legalism and libertinism. Both are attractive for very different reasons. One is, if we have legalism, we exactly know who is in and who is out. We know who is a part of us and who isn't, right? It's really easy. Do they look like us? Do they talk like us? Do they dress like us? Do they read from the same version of the Bible like us? All this kind of stuff. And we can say, oh, they're one of us. Do they even vote like us? If they do, great. They are, they are, they are, we are, we are one and the same. And it's really easy for us to fall into that trap, especially church, if we feel as though we are being threatened. Especially if we, if we feel as though we are being attacked. Especially if we feel as though we don't have a voice or we don't feel safe or whatever it is we might attribute. We all of a sudden will revert to closing in and excluding others for fear that if they come in here, they will destroy this place. They will rot this place out. They will bring in whatever is out there in here. By the way, you never have to worry about that. We already brought it in. Okay? already here as many pastors have said before me if you ever find a perfect church don't go there you'll just ruin it okay you'll just ruin it so here's the thing is that all of a sudden we have that and then we have the opposite end in which all of a sudden we just say you know what this whole thing forget it i am just going to do what i want to do and that's it i'm tired of following these rules i'm tired of this journey i'm tired of just having to sit through all this. I'm tired of this. And I'm just going to throw it all away and just go off on my own and do whatever I want and finally have the life I want to have on my own terms, by my own desires. Forget about all this other stuff. And so we throw it all away. 
And maybe you've known people who through the pandemic or even before that have just left not only the church, but Christianity altogether in pursuit of doing whatever it is that they wanted. It was just simply too hard. Forget it. Those are, and by the way, in case you don't know, you might be thinking, Dan, is that it? I mean, yeah, you know, we as humans, we tend to swing from one extreme to the other, don't we? We tend to, in response to something that may have happened to us, we swing all the way over to some other area in in, in the hopes that we will never have to experience that again. And, And the only way we achieve balance is when we swing from one extreme to the other. That's the only way we achieve balance. Today, what I want to share with you is an answer I think the Apostle Paul gives us, and I think it's a, something we need to hear as a church that is a direction I think we are called to go in, not only for 2023, but even beyond, when we are faced with these two extreme pressures. And by the way, these are inside the church. Paul is writing to the church. He's not writing to those outside the church. These are very real things. So in response... This is what Paul says, and this is my first point, and it's this. Don't quit. Let me say that again. Don't quit. Listen to what Paul writes in verse 9 of Galatians chapter 6. It says this. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Did you catch what the Apostle Paul wrote? Do not grow weary in doing good. Do you know what that means? Do not grow weary in doing good? Here's what that means. It means that if, it means that if we should not grow weary in doing good, it means that we can grow weary in doing good. Doing good can be exhausting. The theologian John Calvin, and pastor, by the way, said this about this verse, I believe. He said, the precepts especially necessary because we are naturally lazy in the duties of love. He gives us reasons as to why it's so weary to do good. And the first one, he just comes out and says it. We're lazy. We're lazy in doing good. We just don't want to do it sometimes. We just don't want to engage in it. And he goes on, he says this, and many little, and I love this, many little stumbling blocks hinder and put off even the well-disposed. And even when we do try to do good, there are little, not big. We can look at the big ones and look at them and say, oh, that's, that's, that's a big obstacle there. It's the little ones. It's the death by a thousand paper cuts, if you will, that get us. It's the ones we don't even realize that just chip away at us and finally before we know it we are just done he goes on and he says this and another reason we meet with many unworthy and many ungrateful people have you ever met someone who was just ungrateful you're doing good and they just they don't even say thank you they're just so ungrateful about it. You know, by the way, we're not the only ones who experienced it. Jesus himself experienced this, right? Jesus healed 10 lepers, by the way. Um, and, and, and as he healed them, he told them to go and, and get checked out by the high priest. And as they did, one came back and thanked Jesus for healing him. And Jesus' response was, there were 10 of you. Only you came back? Even Jesus himself kind of 
understood what it was to deal with people who in many ways were kind of ungrateful and just didn't appreciate the love that they were showing. And John Calvin goes on and says this, the vast number of the needy overwhelms us and we are drained by pain out on every side. Have you ever found yourself tired and asking yourself, when will this end? When will the needs stop? It's just one need after another. When will this stop? It seems as though whatever little help we try to do, there is just more help that is needed. That whatever little help we've helped to try to solve and provide for, all of a sudden now we look and there's just even more. It has grown, it hasn't shrunk. And that can get overwhelming. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt so overwhelmed by the needs that are out in our world today that you thought, I just can't do anything, so I'm not going to do anything in response? It's just too much. We oftentimes hear pastors say, you know, Jesus said it this way, the poor will always be among you. Yes, that's true. That's not exactly what I believe Jesus is saying in that passage, but the, the, the statement is still true. The poor will always be among us. But it can just get overwhelming. Absolutely overwhelming. John Calvin goes, up, goes on and says this, Our warmth is damped by the coldness of others. And finally, the whole world is full of hindrances which turn us aside from the right path. Therefore, Paul does well to confirm our efforts so that we do not faint through weariness. Let me say this, brothers and sisters, as followers of Jesus, don't quit. Keep going. This has been an incredibly difficult few years, not only in our country, but also in our church. There are people that, that because of the pandemic, who we haven't seen in a few years, there are people who are getting sick. There are people who are needing help. There are people who are suffering. And you know what? We can become incredibly overwhelmed by all of this. And I just want to share with you, church, we can't save anybody. Only Jesus Christ can do that. Let us not take too much on ourselves, which we were never meant to take on. Never. Let us do what God has called us to do and help and serve and love those whom God has placed in our path and let God take care of the rest. Do you hear me, church? If you are here today and you have felt overwhelmed, if you have felt as though this just isn't getting better, how long must I continue to do this? I want to just tell you today, keep going. Don't quit. Let's, let us as a church keep going. Let us as a church not give up in doing what God has called us to do, and that is to do good to everyone we meet. Amen? Here's the thing. The reason why is this, and Paul shares it. He shares this in verse 9, later half of this verse. And he says the reason why we should keep going is because we will reap at a proper time a harvest if we do not give up. We are, we are planting seeds that at some point will yield a harvest. You know the problem with serving other people? You know the problem with, with sharing Jesus with other people? You know the problem of going out and extending ourselves and helping other people? Is that oftentimes we don't get to see the impact we've had on their lives. We don't. We don't. 
Oftentimes, we don't get to know how did they turn out. Oftentimes, they may leave. Oftentimes, we lose contact with them. We just don't know. And yet, that makes it so hard. Show me something that the work that we're doing here is actually making a difference. And we don't get to know all the time the visible impact that we may be having on someone else's life. And that can be incredibly frustrating. That can be incredibly frustrating. What Paul is saying here is he's using, obviously, an an agricultural analogy, right? Farmers don't know for sure when they put seeds in the ground what kind of harvest they're going to get. They water it. They fertilize it. They do everything they can to make sure that come harvest that that seed will yield a crop. They do the work. Let God take care of the harvesting of that and the growth of that. They can't guarantee it. They don't know what it's going to look like. In the same way, church, we may serve people that we may not know the impact we've had on them until eternity, until we see them in heaven. We may not ever know the true impact we've had on them. And that's okay. Let us keep planting seeds. Let us keep going and doing good because we will reap a harvest, even if we do not see its impact right away going to be okay let us keep doing that i think sometimes we may cheapen this experience of sharing jesus when we demand and oftentimes it's through the person that we are helping some sort of visible sign that we made an impact on them that we may demand from them some sort of how did we how, how is it that we helped you? What impact has it, did it have on your life? Did you accept Jesus? If not, let's do that right now. Let's, and we almost like, out of a good you know, motive, like almost want to force them to accept Jesus Christ. That's bad. That's not a good thing. Let the Spirit do its work. Let us do our part in that. We will reap a good harvest. Church, let's don't quit. Let us keep going and doing good. Now, here's the second one. And it's this. Do good. Do good. Don't quit and do good. Pretty simple, right? You should be able to remember that, right? Listen to what Paul says in verse 10. He says this. Therefore, as we have opportunity, I love that, as we have opportunity. By the way, FYI, there's always opportunity to do good. Always opportunity to do good. Always opportunity. Let us do good to all people. What does all mean? Here's, I studied the Greek on all. Do you know what all is? All. All. That's an absolute term, by the way. All. It's like everyone. It's like never. These are absolute terms. There is no wiggle room there for getting out of all. All people. It doesn't matter if they are believers or non-believers. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter at all. We are called to do good as opportunity arises to all people. Period. That's it. That's it. And especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Yes, amongst each other. Because guess what? If we can't do good amongst ourselves, how good are we going to do out there? If we can't do well in serving each other, how well do you think we will serve those outside of the church? 
Probably not very well. So don't quit and do good. These are the things I think that God may be calling us to do as a church, not only going forward in 2023, but even past that and beyond. So let me give you some specifics about where I think maybe this may be going for this coming year. I want to kind of give us some specifics, some concrete things here at this church. If you remember our mission statement here at Summit Ridge Community Church is what? To make disciples who serve Christ by serving people. It's on a plaque out on the patio area. It's out there. That's our mission. We believe this is what God has called us to do, is to make disciples who serve Christ by serving people. And so there are two things, I think, that we can continue to do to help us fulfill that mission. One is this. In January or February, somewhere around there, we're working on it, we are bringing back a serve day. And if you remember what those are, is that serve days, we would take out a time once a year. On a Sunday morning, we would have an abbreviated worship service, and then we would divide up into uh, groups of people and go out into our community, having partnered with area ministries and organizations, and serve for that morning, and come back together, have lunch together, fried chicken, and grilled, um, (laughs) all that kind of stuff, because that's, we love to eat, okay? Um, And we would share amongst each other, just how was it? What was your experience? Did you get to meet the people you serve? How were they? Did you get to, what was it like? And just be able to just kind of acknowledge and just really just celebrate being able to serve. We're going to do that in January, February around there again. We haven't been able to do that for like three years now. We're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. Here's the other thing is that we are looking to do more projects Not only with Samaritan's Purse, which we have done in the past, rebuilds, disaster relief, but we're also looking at our Mennonite disaster relief services to do something like that as well. In fact, as a region in the Brethren Church, the West region, of which I am the regional resource coordinator. I know. You know what that means? Absolutely nothing. That's what that means. Okay? We are looking to do a regional-wide with several, several of our brethren churches around the West region here of going out and doing some sort of rebuild or disaster relief sometime here in 2023. That is our goal, perhaps in the spring. We are looking to go out to Kansas. There is a brethren church out. They just lost their pastor. He died unexpectedly. Tragic. Out in Fort Scott. And we are going to look and going out there and maybe doing a repaint on their church building. They need some tender, loving care out there. And so we're looking maybe to do that as a region, perhaps in the spring. Just being able to once again love on not only those in our community, but those within our own body, the Brethren Church. Here's another thing that we're looking at doing. I want to say this, is that I, I kind of boil it down to not only welcome, but worship. Um, I'm going to still talk about welcome a little bit. Um, we have done a fantastic job of k- taking care of our facility. Remember, our facility is a major point of ministry in reaching our community. As I've shared before, I'll share it again. We have about five or six AA and Al-Anon groups that meet here throughout the week. This building is not empty throughout the week. This building is busy. We have an Awana group from another church that uses our facility on Wednesday nights. We have a preschool that once a year they come here and they use their graduation. They use this place for their preschool graduation. You see the little kids coming up and getting their little paper diplomas, stuff like that. We've had um, a a, a medical 
uh, group that has come in here and has offered screenings for um, uh, strokes and heart attacks and all that kind of stuff um, that they can uh, do that. We have also partnered with ICS in which we host single moms as they're taking their classes here and being involved in, in, in trying to just, uh, once again, better their lives so they can provide better for their children. We provide this stuff. We even provide things like even down to the coffee and to the uh, snacks and all that kind of stuff. We, do, we, got, we store ICS food in here. It's marked, so you can't have it. There's always a rule in churches, right? If it's not marked, it's fair game. That's marked, okay? Um, it, it's stuff like this. Here's what I say. I'm sharing this to say this. We still can do a little bit more to improve our facility. And I, just a couple reasons, a couple, couple points here on this one. It doesn't take much is what I'm going to share with you, okay? Parts of this church needs a new paint job. And what I mean by that are the parts maybe you all don't see. The ladies have a lovely restroom. The men, it's a hospital room. We could use a paint job in the men's restroom. We could. Um, we're looking to replace the toilets even in these restrooms over here. They're complicated. They don't work always well. We're looking to get some new toilets, even so those that sit up a little bit higher. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, stuff like that. It's just to make, be more mindful of our community. Here's the other thing. is, is We had the countertops redone in this kitchen in here. Remember, the kitchen has lived in the 70s for years. And we brought it out of that. Boy, it could use a new paint job as well. We want to do that. We want to continue to care for our facility because it is such an important arm of our ministry. Uh, here's the other thing, and this goes with worship. And this might be, we, haven't, we don't have it all, we have some of the detail ready, but we're, I'm just putting a shot across the bow. Is that, we have a phenomenal online ministry and presence because of the wonderful generosity of all of you with the cameras and the spotlights because we know that people who are part of our body can't make it here for various reasons, but now they can still engage with us online, and that's a very good thing. We want to continue to improve that. And so there are some things we need to do infrastructure-wise, and we'll get more cost to you. But here's the thing I do want to share with you is that one of the things that we have a dream of doing and, and I realize this may be possibly controversial, maybe not, I don't know, but I'm going to share it anyways, is that here we have this wonderful screen in the center, and it's great, it, is, it has been a wonderful thing for us, but in case you didn't notice, do you know what's behind that screen? No. <laughs> there, yes, there are mountains behind that screen, but it's a cross. We can't ever see that cross because of the screen. And, and by the way, it limits whatever we do in the center here because of that screen. And not only that, the projector and stuff, in order for us to replace a bulb there, it costs several hundred dollars every time just to replace a bulb in that projector. Long term, what we would really like to do is two big flat screens up here, like the one we have in the back there, to help us engage better. It doesn't break as often. It's more clear in terms of reading the words. It's, it's just sharper image and everything. And that way, not only does it give us a better op opportunity for us to, to read what's on the screen there, but it frees up the middle part for us to actually be able to see that cross, for us to be able to actually do things in the center of that platform that maybe we have not been able to do as of yet. And so we want to engage more with some of that. In the long run, we believe that is a cheaper option than to continue to replace and maintenance the projector. And so these are some, here's the other thing we want to do long term. We want to 
begin to look at replacing this carpet. Yeah. This carpet is old. And by the way, it would be great if we could match this carpet with this platform. Have you, have you noticed it's been this color since I have been here? And by the way, I've been here for 16 years. We want to replace the carpet in the youth room. Have you been to the youth room? You should go and see the carpet there. It's been well used. It's okay. That's what we want. It's been well used. But we want to make sure that we want to begin to replace that carpet and this carpet. We want to begin to do these things because we believe it's a worthy investment in our facility because not only does it make this look better, but it also provides a more welcoming environment to the people who come here, whether it's us or any other group. These are the things that we want to begin to to do as we look to 2023. Here's the last thing I want to share with you, and that's this. Summit groups. Um, We started out summit groups, I think, more than six years ago. It's hard to believe it's been that long. We rearranged our worship service to provide summit groups because we believe this was the best avenue was on Sunday mornings to host groups for all of us to be involved in, to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Discipleship is really important. Remember, the first part of our statement is to make disciples. And we believe that summit groups is a great vehicle, not the only vehicle, a great vehicle in which to help make that happen. And we realize that since coming out of the pandemic and, and what we've been experiencing now is that summit groups have waned a little bit. You know how I know? Many of us are not in them. It's okay. It's not a judgment. It's just what is. It's not the right or wrong. It's just what is. And so we're looking at 2023 to begin to kind of refocus our summit groups so that not necessarily changing the format of them, not necessarily changing the time that they meet, not any of that, although we'll be open to that, but more importantly, to have a very intentional curriculum from preschool to adulthood that everyone is on the same track, that if you happen to come into the life of Summit Ridge starting in preschool, that by the time you at least graduate from high school, this is what you will have learned. And if you continue to stay here as an adult, this is what you will learn. It's very intentional. It's very um, um, clearly laid out. And so we are looking at introducing this in 2023 to help be more intentional about making disciples. And we're excited about rolling that out. So these are some of the things that we're looking at doing in 2023. And as I 